When it comes to writing an email, a formal letter to a colleague, or even a text message to a friend, the ramifications of making a mistake whilst typing are generally insignificant. However, in the context of legal drafting, mistakes or typos, however small, can have significant financial consequences. Today, we will explore three cases where this could not be more true. In fact, in one of the cases, a missing Oxford comma resulted in a $5 million compensation payout. Hello and welcome to another episode of Trial by Podcast. I'm Danton Stoloff, a lawyer in McCabe's corporate group. Today, I'm joined with Bill McKinley, who is a rotating graduate in our group, and we'll be discussing the importance of drafting consistent and accurate contracts. Welcome, Bill. Thanks for having me, Danton. I thought we'd start off by looking at the recent New South Wales Court of Appeal case of Namrod and Ebede Avazi. So, Bill, can you tell us what took place in this case? This case looked at what happens when seemingly interchangeable words are used incorrectly. Here, the contract was for a purchase of a property, included a clause that compelled the vendor to comply with local council notices by completion. The contract separately stipulated that the completion date was the 20th of June 2015. Completion did not occur on the 20th of June 2015. In the following months, the parties disagreed as to whether the vendor had complied with the local council notices. This issue resulted in both parties serving notices to complete and termination on each other. The vendor sought a declaration from the court that the vendor's termination was valid and that he was entitled to the forfeiture of deposit by the purchaser. The purchaser cross-claimed for the deposit. This issue turned on the meaning of completion and whether it required the vendor to have fully complied with the local council notices by the defined contract completion date of the 20th of June 2015. So what did the court decide? The court found that the vendor did in fact fulfil his contractual obligations under the contract and that there was a consistent distinction between the contract, between the meaning of the completion date, which was the 20th of June 2015, and by completion, which was the date the title was actually conveyed. As the contract required the vendor to comply with the local council notices by completion, this needed to occur on the date the completion actually occurred and not the stipulated completion date of the 20th of June 2015. Because the purchaser failed to comply with the vendor's notice to complete, the vendor was consequently entitled to retain the purchaser's $146,000 deposit, and this decision was upheld on appeal. But Danton, whilst no one likes to lose $146,000 because of poor drafting, I can only imagine what it's like to lose $5 million due to a missing Oxford comma. In fact, in the United States, a missing Oxford comma in the main state law resulted in a $5 million settlement to a group of employees. Can you tell our listeners what happened in that case? Thanks, Bill. Yeah, it's actually quite fascinating. In the US case of O'Connor and Orr and Oakhurst Dairy and others, a group of truck drivers sued their employer, Oakhurst Dairy, for failing to pay four years' worth of accrued overtime. The employer denied their employees' claims and relied on an exclusion in the law. The contested state law in the US state of Maine entitled employees to time and a half after working 40 hours, except for the canning, processing, preserving, freezing, drying, marketing, storing, packing for shipment or distribution of goods. The lack of comma between packing for shipment 
and distribution created uncertainty as it was unclear whether the exemption applied to packing for shipment and distribution as separate and individual activities or packing for shipment or distribution as a single activity. This sounds quite confusing. What was the court's decision? The appellate court found the legislation was ambiguous and in the context of ambiguity in labour law, the provision should be construed to achieve the purpose of protecting the employees. Therefore, packing for shipment or distribution was interpreted as a single activity. And because the truck drivers only distributed and did not pack the goods for shipment, the exemption did not apply. The workers were therefore entitled to payment for overtime. This interpretation prompted the settlement by Oakhurst Dairy, where they paid out their employees $5 million. My understanding is that the legislation has since been amended to expand the exclusion by inserting an Oxford comma between packing for shipment and the word distribution, so that these activities are considered separate tasks. All right, I thought we'd move on now to talk to our listeners about cross-referencing. Cross-referencing is used commonly in lengthy commercial contracts. When used correctly, it's a convenient way to link two connected clauses in a contract. However, when used incorrectly, it can cause ambiguity that results in clauses being rendered void for uncertainty or interpreted in ways that contradict the party's intentions. That's right, Belle. It's surprisingly not uncommon to find cross-referencing errors in a contract. One of the most common errors in poorly drafted contracts is where a clause cross-references another clause which has missing information. In fact, this exact issue came before the court in the state of New South Wales and UXC Limited. Bell, can you tell us what happened in this case? That's right. In this case, UXC had to pay $2.6 million in damages because of an error in cross-referencing. The contract in this case included a dispute resolution clause that made an expert determination binding unless the determined sum exceeded the amount specified in the agreement details. However, the agreement details section of the contract did not specify the maximum amount. After a dispute arose, an expert determination was sought and the expert found that UXC breached the contract and was liable for damages in the amount of approximately $2.6 million. As there was no specified amount in the contract, UXC took the matter to court and argued that the specified amount should either be $0 because no amount was specified or $250,000 because that was the amount UXC submitted was agreed in the tender process. In either case, UXC argued that the expert determination would not be binding as the damages assessed by the expert exceeded both of these amounts. And what did the court find here? So the court found that as no amount had been set out in the contract, there was actually no limit to the specified amount. And as such, any amount determined by the expert would not exceed the specified amount and therefore UXC was bound to pay the $2.6 million in damages. So to clarify, UXC had to pay $2.6 million in damages just because the cross-reference clause did not include a figure? Correct. What's interesting is that the decision was made despite the fact that evidence suggested that the parties intended during the tender process to limit the specified amount to $250,000. Well, let's just take this a step further. What happens in circumstances where a contract cross-references a non-existent clause? 
This is an interesting question and was actually answered in the South Australian Supreme Court case of Hardesty and Hanover International LLC and others and Abbey Group Contractors Propriety Limited. The contract included two separate dispute resolution procedures, one in the general conditions and one in the special conditions. The contract provided that the special conditions took precedent over the general conditions and each dispute resolution procedure required strict adherence. The notice requirement in the special conditions referred to a clause in the contract that didn't exist. So when a dispute did arise, Hardesty sought two expert determinations pursuant to the special conditions. Abbey Group argued that because the special conditions procedure for expert determination was not followed, the expert had no jurisdiction and therefore the expert determination was not binding. Did the court decide the expert determination was binding? So the trial judge found the special conditions were void for uncertainty as the notice requirement referred to a section that did not exist, which made it meaningless. As a result, the general conditions were applicable and as these were not strictly followed, which was required by the contract, the experts did not have jurisdiction and their opinions were not binding on the parties. This decision was upheld on appeal and therefore the expert determination in the amount of just under $500,000 was not binding. Bill, it seems like that's all we have time for today. To summarise the cases that we've explored today, what would you say the take-home message is for our audience? I think the take-home message is that in terms of everyday communications to colleagues or friends, the ramifications of making a typo are generally insignificant. However, in the context of legal drafting or drafting any business contract between parties, typos, however small or seemingly innocuous, can have significant financial consequences. I completely agree. It is clear from the cases that we have explored today that all the contracts must be drafted clearly and precisely, and this must take place regardless of whether the agreement is a one-page business contract with your best mate. Each contract must be completely correct, which means it must avoid using similar words interchangeably, have correct grammar, and include all necessary commas. If the contract contains cross-referencing, all cross-references must be precise. That is, the cross-reference clause must exist and include all the required information. Whilst most people would consider these issues to be trivial, particularly when it relates to including an Oxford comma, the courts have shown that they do not. And as discussed, severe financial consequences will likely flow when such drafting mistakes are made. So I guess the take-home message before signing any contract is to make sure you consult your lawyer and let them sweat all of the small stuff. Because who knows, one missing comma could cost you $5 million. That's all we have time for today. Thank you everyone for tuning in and listening to the podcast. Please review us on iTunes or SoundCloud. And we hope that you will tune in again next month to our latest edition. 